Hello everybody and welcome to yet another episode of Julian Jones Was Live in the 90s. I have another very special guest for you today. Somebody that I work a lot with in the media doing styling. She's the stylist and or interior stylist and clothing stylist for a lot of the TV commercials you see, uh, a lot of the magazine shoots you see, front covers, stories inside. Welcome to the show, everybody, stylist Rachel Michael. Oh, hi, Jules. Thank you very much. It's okay. really lovely to be here. It's amazing that you're here. Like, for me, obviously, really, really special because we've had a relationship for a very long time over the years. We met when we were very young. Mm-hmm. I think over 30 years. Yeah. We've actually not just known each other but been working together as well. Which is Amazing. i got to tell you, when mm-hmm. I see your name on a call sheet and there's 50 cast and I've got a makeup team of three and you've got, what, a wardrobe team of three stylists and mm-hmm. and we've got 50 cast, yet we collaborate together and there's just no drama. It's a really long day and we get there. Exactly. Well, I feel exactly the same way when I see your name, Jules. One, I know we're going to be organised. We're going to have fun. Yeah. Um, the job's going to get done. And also just the wealth of experience, you know, individually and combined just means we know what we're doing, you know, and that's, and you know that you're coming to the job with everything that you need, with all the tools that you need, the right assistance you need, um, and we can just get the job done. So it's we've just got – I think we've got to that point in our career where we can actually really enjoy it even mm. more than I think when you first start and there's a little bit more of that apprehension and nervousness. And I mean, you still get that. I mean, I still get that. And I'm sure you do too, because it's part of the creative process, yep. no matter how experienced you are, but we definitely can um, let our wings, you know, um, expand a little bit more now and sort of realize that we, we know what's going on on set. And yeah. it's really, I mean, how fun is it to just know a whole lot of people that are on the set and people that you, that you like. It's so good. But even when we don't know the whole crew, like if it's a Sydney crew and we actually don't know them and it's just you and me and they're like, is this going to work with these two? And by the end of <laughs> by the end of it, they're like, thank you. Oh, my gosh, that went so fast. And it's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Like the last job we did, it was a completely new crew. Yeah. Um, but, of course, you know, we, we work together so beautifully in the, in the room and I think that's the thing with most jobs that I find in the industry, that you just have to be a good collaborator with people. Mm, you know, people, for sure. that, people that don't kind of listen to other people or aren't willing to work with other people, you may not always get along like we do, but you, yeah, you definitely need to have a sense of team work on a set yeah. because that's how the job gets done and you've just got to respect everyone else's individual position because you know, you'll be in positions where you'll be more experienced or less experienced than someone else there and you've sort of got to be all guided you know, together, so we get we get the job done. And I think I've I've it's in my you know over thirty years in the industry, I've never really been on very many sets where there's a real awkwardness. I don't know about you, Jules, but because yeah. people just don't seem to continue to work. I think that's the key. Yeah, I think you have to have that. Otherwise, people won't reemploy you um, very much, unless you're like some you know. I don't know, unless you own the company. <laughs> or, <something. laughs> or, or, or dating the owner. 
Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but seriously, like the last job we did together was ginormous. And uh, one thing that really stood out for me in that job was for once all of your wardrobe, they put six of us in the same room together and we worked mm-hmm. op- opposite each other. So I could mm-hmm. see I could see absolutely every single colour and design right in front of my very eyes while I'm making the person up. I know sometimes we, we get that, um, you know, this is the this is what she's wearing today, Jules, and, you know, yeah. how do you think that might go? But to see the entire collection of colours and warmth to go mm. with it and textures, it was like my brain took everything in in just like one shot. Yeah, Seeing so it all there, yeah. it was so good having you right there in front of me. Yeah. That's actually, and also because we were like trying pieces on and then mix and matching. Because mm. even though you might say this is what that talent or that model or that that that, that person is wearing um, for the next scene, they can change. They yes. change quite a lot often. So yeah, you could see the whole moving um, as we were going, and oh. so then we could yeah adapt as we were going. It it does make for a good creative space when all the creatives can be close by. Mm. Um, you know, otherwise things can get sort of lost in translation or you waste time and I think that's the thing that people don't often realise how much effort has gone into matching or coordinating um, the colours and the styles together with the brief and the budget and the look of the the talent that's coming in so we're trying to create a certain character or does this colour match the girl's hair colour or you know does this describe um the kind of couple that they're trying to, you know, bring here. So, you know, all those things that we put, that I put effort into with the wardrobe, and then you've got to then add on to that with the hairstyle, the makeup, the nail polish colour, and all those little details are the things that um, create something beautiful and something something that's, you know, what the advertiser wants to see. Yeah. Yeah, well, enhancing, let's just say, an iPhone, for example, in enhance, mm. enhancing that iPhone so we don't, as as perfect as all our styling and the hair and makeup will be, we can't detract from the main product. So that it's mm-hmm. a it's a real skill, hey. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, mm. so you've got to make the product a hero. Yeah, yeah. Whether it's a phone or a car or a chair or a carpet or whatever it might be, mm. and yeah, and then you've got to bring everything else to life around it. Yeah. To, um, accentuate that. Well, and it's something I train a lot of assistants in. Don't try and put your brand on that makeup and hair for that job. Listen mm-hmm. to listen to what the client wants and let's brand it their way and then add your flair. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly right. I and mean, that's key with advertising. Stick to the brief mm-hmm. and, and create something from that. And then, as you say, you can add your own flair and creativity. And that's the fun as bit. As you go. That, mm. that's, the ex- mm. that's, the, that's the exciting, it's almost like the caterpillar turning into the butterfly moment because I look at your wardrobe and I understand the colours and et cetera that are going to appear on that day. But to see it open up into Rachel's interpretation of that, that's what I love seeing. I'm like, oh, nailed it, nailed it, nailed it. She's nailed it. She's nailed it. And, it, and then yeah. my, my stuff looks brilliant with your stuff. I'm like, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because we've worked together. Exactly. Mm. And, you know, and there's nothing 
it is a very satisfying process, whether you're doing wardrobe mm. or interiors. When you do bring all the elements together and, and, and then the photographer takes a beautiful shot and the lighting's right and, yeah, you do create a little bit of magic and it is mm. every day you, it's very satisfying to do that. That's, that's one thing I absolutely love about what we do. It's very stimulating. I get, mm. I actually get um, quite satisfied from those jobs. More so yeah, than my, absolutely. You and me, when we do the photographic stuff, that's that's really when I get excited because it's like that you capture that moment. If you've got a great photographer as well, and they make your work, mm-hmm. they make your work look twice as good again. It's like wow, that story yeah. is brilliant. But, yeah, exactly. But let's digress a little because I remember being a young man working in David Jones, and I was a makeup artist inside David Jones, for David Jones, and they, mm-hmm. were, they were having parades upstairs and yeah. I would do the same in Maya and a model called yeah. ja- Jane, Janie or Jane Rainey, Jane, yeah. Jane, sorry, Jane Kinnear. Jane, yeah, Jane, Jane Kinnear, yes. Jane Kinnear would come downstairs, grab my arm and say, come on, you have to come upstairs and just put a little bit of makeup on some of these models. And, you know, I was 22, 23 and this is when I met you all, and some of the most incredible relationships I've had my entire life, that even if they've broken down at points, the love is still there. This, mm-hmm. I, I, I can't, I can put my finger on it. I think not only are you girls all beautiful, that's that's by the by, but there's that element of sustaining that beauty and having that beauty within as well. And then, mm. then working as a model, treating that as a business. How do you get that longevity? How did you go modelling in the nineties? Did you love it? I did. I really did. I, I, um, th- those particular jobs that, that you're describing with that group of girls that were, we were all doing parades um, for years together. Yeah. Um, and I think that was. I, I remember joining that group. I was a little bit younger. And they were also they were already quite a tight tight group. Yes. And um, but just such warm, friendly, gorgeous um, women. And I actually remember people asking me quite a lot. You know, how do you how do you like modelling? You know, is it really bitchy? Is it really nasty? And I said, to be honest, it really isn't. And I'm not sure whether we just got a really gorgeous group. It's like when you go to school and some years are just really great years and then you hear other people have really horrific year levels, you know, where the, yep. the girls are just bitchy and nasty and they're not, you know, they're not they're not nice to each other. So I think potentially it was a little bit of that. So I think we just fell into a really beautiful group that were just very, very much about doing the job, having fun, um, very professional Mm. Um, I sort of got in and out, to be honest. They were a lot of the girls that I was working with were good friends out of modelling or out of you know on the you know catwalk and all of that. But I just sort of tended to go in, do my job, and then and, and go home, you yeah. know, or had other sort of social circles. But the longevity of those girls is just a real prof- professional, no doubt. Also. Um, yeah, they, they just looked after themselves, you know, mm. looked after themselves physically, mentally, emotionally as best you can within that realm. Not, I mean, for me, I can only really speak to me. I just didn't take it all, um, like, 
like I took the job seriously, like I was a professional, but I didn't take it too seriously. Like I'm, 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 I'm a model. I don't know. I'm a model. I'm so yeah. amazing. Like, yeah, yeah. Da, 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 da. yeah. And I remember <laughs> yeah. one, yeah, like years ago, I remember when I, when, I don't know if you remember when, I think it was in the mid nineties and Australian fashion week, um, they had Claudia Schiffer, Linda Evangelista, and Helena Christensen. So I think the Linda Evangelista and Claudia Schiffer one was early 90s, and then Helena Christensen came out like 95. And I did both those sets of parades. It was a big deal. That first one was a big deal. It was like 12 people from Australia chosen to work with Linda and Claudia. And, you know, kind of interviewed, you know, on TV. And, and I honestly was just like, oh, yeah, it's it is just, it's exciting, sure, and it's really an honour and I'm, you know, very happy to be working with these beautiful girls. Oh, yeah. Um, but a girl approached me at a party once and just said, oh, wow, Rachel, you've been working with Claudia because she'd heard from another friend. And I was like, oh, yeah, like it's just a job, like really. I didn't. And then she thought I was being dismissive yeah. <laughs> and ended up getting really, pulled me into the room and said, I can't believe, you know, how rude you are and, and I said, no, look, really, I'm so sorry. I really wasn't meaning to be disrespectful. I, I, of course, it's a wonderful honour, but I just do see it just as a job. Um, anyway, her and I became like best friends after that because I loved the, the fact that she was so upfront. But I think it, just, it was just, it, it was really a job for me. Um, yep. And I always just took it really professionally. I always had, you know, good shoes and... My, you know, my skin was was good and moisturised. I clean up, you know, I turn up with clean hair and just all the things that they asked you to do. I did treat it like a proper job. Job, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Well, I mean, as you know, like uh, I've hosted, I hosted Julian Jones live with Tracy Tracy Albanus. Mm-hmm. There's yourself. There's another model, Sim Gray, Jackie Tarabay. Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, Sally, oh, my goodness me, brand power, Sally. Williams? Thank you. Sorry, sorry, Sally, for forgetting your surname. (laughs) Sally Williams. And these, and yourself, and these women that I've just described to our audience are girls that, and women that hold themselves so true in the workplace. And if anybody was ever sexist to me in my world, my actual world, I'd just turn to them and say, you have no idea. Like, I'm the last person you can be sexist to because 95% of the women that I work for are so, mm. so powerful um, and mm. are, are the best at their craft and mm. they employ me every single day of the week. Like, I was working seven days a week back then. Mm. And mm. But, you know, those six models in particular, so focused Everything was yeah. about everything was about nurturing themselves, nurturing their bodies, nurturing their friendships, and then going on to do a photo shoot or a catwalk was like going onto any other job and treat it as a profession. Yeah, no, 100%. So hats off to you. Yeah, you got the longevity because didn't you do a job recently as a model? When I rang you, so recently. I I did I did yeah, yeah I just finished um so that's that's I, mean, I did my first sort of serious modelling job I wait, wait waited till I left school I did my first test when I was at seventeen but I didn't want to I did my first job when I was seventeen actually but I didn't want to join an agency then I wanted to finish school first yeah because I thought if I got 
you know, um, sort of sucked into the industry. And if I did start to work, this was my thinking and started to make money, I might not want to finish school. Mm. So I, I really wanted to do that. And then, so I did my first job at 17. So yeah, that's, and I only left Chadwick's like a few years ago. Yeah. Um, and I'm now doing, but still doing some of my own work. And I just did a job with Natio actually, and it was for TV and it was a full speaking part as well. Um, so it was, that. So it, it still is evolving and it still is growing. And I think I'm also now part of a, a growing um, movement of women that are aging naturally. Oh, yeah. So my hair is going grey and aging naturally and I'm letting my face age naturally. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's been a little bit of a challenge, to be honest. Um, yeah. Because I do look at sort of our peers and I do see, see work that people are doing and it does look, you know, can look really good. Yes. And do look a bit younger. And I'm like, ah, oh, maybe <laughs> that would be good. But anyway, I'm holding out for now. We'll uh, see how we go. I'm with you on that one. Yeah. Because obviously, obviously a lot of makeup artists get that work done as well. Well, not a lot, but there are plenty of oh, makeup artists. Because they're working yeah. so close with people that are getting that work done. And, mm-hmm. and, and we do know the best in the business, the best people to go mm-hmm. to if we want to do it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's, it takes a lot of discipline, doesn't it? Like I've had nothing done at all and I'm 52 and a lot of mm-hmm. my friends might have started when they were 35 getting, when did, Bo- mm-hmm. when did Botox come in? I don't actually know when it started. Uh, probably about then, I think. Yeah, yeah I, I think so. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. about 17, probably, it was probably longer, but you know, mm. I reckon about 17 years ago, that's when people were that I knew were starting to, to have it as well. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, but I think there is definitely a real movement towards being accepting of a, of a, of a genuine older face. And, oh, I mean, we sure. need to embrace it more. I just don't think that it's sustainable and it's not healthy for us to continue down this path of um, sort of striving to look like we're not and that, you know, you can, it, 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 where does it stop? Like, where does it end? Mm. And and what is beautiful? That's um, right. And why have we been taught and why do we have this, you know, ingrained belief that a few lines and a few wrinkles aren't beautiful? Because that's, that's what we think. We think there's something wrong when we, when we see that. For sure. Well, so, I, you and I don't. No. I don't. I still, I still think subconsciously I do sometimes. I have to have a real talk to myself okay. you know, and say this is actually a, a face. I'm also 52, yeah. I'm only 53 this year. I say this is a face of a 52-year-old, yep. you know, an actual face. I'm, I'm doing really well. Yeah. You know, um, that and sure. it comes back to, you know, looking after yourself as well. So, um yeah, so I yeah, so I'm still modelling a little bit as well, and I'm really open to to doing you know more of that. I still really love doing that, and as you said before, it is a craft. Yeah, like you don't. I'm not just getting older and then I'm I'm wanting to model. Like you know, there is a craft to knowing how to move, how to walk, how to move your body, how to stand in certain clothes, um, and you know that's something that that models do have innately. Maybe that's what you like about it, still. Just a, just a good, beautiful posture. No, I, it, it's and definitely that for sure. I love the gracefulness of of many of you, but it's it's that authenticity and longevity without effort. Mm. It's mm. it is mm. 
it's it's like a knowing it's like a dna it's like a it's just a connection that we all seem to have and it's just there's mm. there's nothing quite like it i guess at the end of the day you get that when you have sustained long friendships with people i guess but you know then you and i yeah. it's not just about that for you and i because then we're then we're out we're put into this high pressure gig and we kind of like it's like a skipping rope at school and we're just doing the skip in yeah. motion in motion together smiling away and it's like here we go here we go and you know but i've seen other people be friends and then actually be challenged at working together like that and it doesn't work in their, in their working relationship whereas you and i it's like it doesn't matter what side of the fence you're on we're just the same it's, it's that consistency it's a blessing yeah yeah no and well i we we gen- generally just get along very well correct but i also think that we just stick to what we what we do and we mm. once we're on a job we're, as you say we like we're doing our job we we we're doing it well and and we're enjoying it we're not yeah. there looking to i'm not there looking to overpower anyone I'm, you know you want yeah. to be super collaborative and mm. make the day go as smoothly and as you know beautifully for everyone as you can yeah. and and get the desired results i mean you know i do work at actually really trying to you know enjoy work i mean mm. not even thinking about it as work it's just part of what we just do yeah you know that's just part of what we're you know what we're doing in life and that's mm-hmm. you know that's that's the key isn't it it's just to bring everything that you do is is your life everything is your medicine everything is your like is your joy yeah even if they're slightly mundane <laughs> tasks and yeah. you know yeah and sometimes they can bring, be yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, but you but but if you do what you just said and you bring that color in with internally with you and mm. share mm. it and share it and then start adding mm. those pieces together, it doesn't become a mundane task. No, that's exactly right. And seeing you there does it also oh. brings that because we we have a laugh, you know. We have a, as my dad would always say, just have a laugh, you know. Yeah, very it's not accent, but you know, it's not not. Yeah, it's not it's not rocket science. It's no, simply living and enjoying and bringing that to the jobs that you do. And look, we have got a great job. I often do pinch myself. Go, this is a great job. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of work. It's not easy, yep. but then nothing's easy. And there's an element of you know, you know, hard work and everything. That you do. Mm. But over, over and above that is is the creativity and the fun and the and the the bringing something to life that you've had a vision for. You know. Or someone else has had a vision for him. Yeah. I don't mind those hard gigs, to be quite honest. I like doing, like, five really hard, long days in a row and then getting mm. getting that, you know, three or four days off and then doing a couple of really challenging shoots that might go for, like, 17 hours, two days in a row after that. And right, as opposed to doing series, ongoing series, ongoing series... I love what mm. we I love what we do. I think we're very, I think we're actually very blessed to have the job that we have. Yes, yeah, so no, I agree. So let's digress a little bit because our audience, I, we haven't discussed really what it is that you do now. So I I know you to be styling clothing mostly next to me, but I have also seen mm-hmm. you styling clothing and do the set at the same time mm-hmm. let's talk to the audience how did this come about from modeling to you then styling sets magazines tv commercials what happened yeah 
So I was at Chadwick's and I remember Katrina, who was at Chadwick's at the time, who was one of the bookers. Yep. She was going to start um, a creative arm of the agency. So there'll be the models and there's a creative part. And the creative part was going to um, entail photographers, makeup artists and stylists. And she said to me, why don't you try styling? And I was like, well, I've never really thought of that. But I had been working in the film industry for a few years mm. with my stepmom, Joe Ford, yes. uh, doing sets and propping and um, styling and creating, you know, things with her. So that was a great intro into all of that. And so that's how I then got into styling through Katrina at Chadwick. So I was doing modeling and styling and working in film at the same time. And wow. then just gradually the styling just got busier and busier. And um, I totally fell in love um, with styling and I particularly fell in love with um, the interiors aspects of it. And even though I really loved doing the fashion and the dressing and the lifestyle aspect of it too, something happened to me with the interiors, especially in the last 10 years. Um, where I just, that became my, my main focus and my main avenue for creativity. Yeah. And it just became more than just a job then. It really became more and more like just who I was. I was really embodying the home styling thing. And I just have a real passion now about homes and about the way people live. And then that's sort of grown from just the aesthetics into having healthy homes, into nourishing homes. Um, you know, so I've been just really exploring that more and really enjoying that. Mm. Wow. I mean, I have seen some of your interiors photos and quite impressive. I love how you merge everything together so beautifully, so subtly with style and class and effervescence and, yeah, you just have your own thing going on. There's there's a few of you, but, mm. but you know, mm. you, you are one of my favourable ones. Um, you do it, well, you do think, it so beautifully, yeah. darling. You do it so beautifully. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. I think I just, yeah, really found a space in there that um, I get really lost in creative, you know, in, in a creative way. So I, I, I put this little quote aside for you, actually. Oh, good. You kind of, you kind of um, I've got a page of them here. I won't read everything to everyone, but there are quite a few things that really I'd like to embody with. Sure, um, please, share away. that I'm creating. And it does also incorporate the clothes that you wear and, and you know, um, the, the other aspects of your personality. Like they're, they're all reflections of how you live or whether you've got cats and dogs or, you know, certain certain fabrications that you like to wear or like to live with. And I think this is a thing that you think about. You Like it's always about having a home that reflects your personality or, or makes you feel like you're at home, whatever that might be. <laughs> so one of my quotes is a beautiful so, – so I've got this – a project that I'm working on called the Smiling Homes, yes. and it's it's a it's a working title. It's not necessarily a name. It's a, I'm sort of writing a uh, sort of a small book, I suppose. You know, I'm not really sure. Like whether it's just got quotes or got stories, but so a smiling home is a beautiful, unique, and considered space that is nurturing and holistic in nature, combining the best possible aesthetic with ultimate form and function. So I guess that's my really sort of my ethos is to make things that are like um, use, uh, make useful things look beautiful. Yeah. So every home has a has an element of 
the beauty and the aesthetic, but it's also got to be functional. It's got to be relatable to you, you yeah. know. Um, and it, it's it's not all just about, um, you know, a beautiful sofa. You know, it's actually about a sofa that you can all jump on, whoever is in your family or whoever is in your home, and enjoy. That's, yeah. that's my that's my philosophy anyway. Oh, look, it's so true because often I'd love to have a cream, um, <laughs> cream material lounge on, in my in my lounge, but I have five staffies, and they alternate coming in and out all day. So, yeah. I'm sure they would love it. Oh. I'm sure they would love the cream linen sofa. <laughs> a cream Thank linen you. sofa. So I have to make sure mine's a leather sofa so I can mm. clean it. Yeah. Mm. But yeah. yeah, because you want the dogs in and you yeah. want them to be able to get on the couch. And that's part of who you are and your life. Yeah. And I like it. Yeah. And that's what makes a home for you. For sure. Definitely. Mm. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. Can you just repeat that last line, though? Because I got something from it and I've forgotten what it was. Um. So, so uh, combining the best possible aesthetics yeah. with ultimate form and function. Form and function, which is what I love, and the mm. and the aesthetics. So I guess the form and function is the leather lounge because I've got five staffies mm-hmm. in a sense. Exactly. So this is something yeah. you're doing now for people individually, yeah? You're not styling yeah. you're not styling homes for sale. You're styling no. you're styling homes for people to live in. Exactly. So I've gone from doing um, photo shoots for mm. magazines, yeah. whether they'd be in people's homes or for a client that might be selling um, couches or carpets or, you know, paint. So I've gone from doing just the advertising campaigns and the interior for magazines into people's private homes. Uh, so I can do everything now from, you know, like specifying wall colours, flooring, um, the furniture, lighting, just whatever, whatever's, you know, required, whatever, you know, whatever I love the client it. would like. Yeah, and, and so that's really grown. I really love doing that because it's, um, I love, like, supporting people in creating an environment that they love. Yeah. And, and it's not, it's, 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 it's certainly not about my aesthetic because I can bring that to them, but it's actually being able to create something that they really, um, you know, love and they feel like it's their home, you know, like it's, it's a space they feel excited about, a place that they know, the way that they want to live in their home. Yeah. And I often say to people, you know, a home is, is, is where you live, yeah. you know, but it's not just the structure, it's an emotional space, yeah. you know. It needs to feel emotive. You need to feel good when you're in there, you know, and it's also how you live. You know, it's how, how do you actually, that's your home as well. Like, you know, having the staffies on the couch or having five kids or you might not want any of that in your home and it might be much more sort of very clean and, and sort of a, a refined way of living. You might mm-hmm. have a room for art or, you know, I mean, it, it, there's, there's obviously limitless possibilities and there's absolutely no, in my mind, there's no rules and I'm really not one for following rules or trends or this or that. Of course, there are certain aesthetic things that work and certain functions that work, but everyone can live the way they want. And that's that's the thing that I think I love most about going to people's homes and helping them create something that they love. Oh, you've just made it comfortable for them. You love 
yeah. love them um, to feel good about the way they live. And I think that's ultimately it. I think that's. Mm. I think you just that's you hit the nail on the head, Angel. That that would be the one thing I would say. It has to feel good to you. Yeah. That's the most potent thing that you can do in your own home. Yeah, I mean, it's the most potent thing you can do for yourself. Well, I don't know. Yeah. You you said another phrase, which I hope my listeners listen to. And if if you're all mm. looking at redesigning your home in some way. Getting excited about your space. I've never, mm. there's, I've very rarely gone, I'm so excited to go home because <laughs> of my new lounge, or yeah. I'm excited to go well, home because of my new bed, maybe. Well, yeah, that's it. Because so for me, I love linen. So for me, just having crisp, clean linen, yeah. or, or it doesn't even, you know, new as well, or another colour, yeah. oh, I find that exciting, or a beautiful pillow. Or I love throws and like any sort of linen like that is awesome. Like a beautiful new throw, I do get excited. Or fresh flowers or plants. Yeah. Or, or, or as you say, an animal like a dog, a cat, a bird. I don't know, it might be anything. Yeah. You might have just bought some new. How exciting is it when you just buy your dogs like a new beautiful dog bowl that you look at and you go, that is a beautiful yeah. dog bowl. Yeah. Like, dog bowl. Like, but it also yes. is bigger and it's more functional. functional. Or it's Yep. Yeah, or something about it just excites you. They've got like a little drawing in the bottom of it or they've embossed, engraved something on the side, maybe just their name. Yeah. You know, I don't know, just things. Things can simple, be exciting. Simple things. Simple things. Yeah. Yes. And, and that's the thing, it's, yeah, I like. Well, that brings all the emotion and the vibe and it gives you the right to feel and enjoy and relax and, you know, you're putting things together that are functionally going to work. So not only can you relax in it, you can muck around in there a little bit as well because you've, exactly. you've taken all these things into consideration. I hope there's some listeners out there that want to start getting excited about your space because, <laughs> my goodness, I do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride on that line for a little bit longer. In my in my in my own life, um, okay. Well, don't we want to be excited? I mean, that's the key, isn't it? To so yeah. many things, like having the enthusiasm for life, the excitement for life. That's what we were talking about at the beginning. Mm. Like making your life your piece of art or your your page of creation. Like, of course, not every minute of every day is going to be like that. That's unrealistic, but that's the ebb and flow. That's mm. what makes it all sort of more interesting, anyway. But yeah, like we need to be enthusiastic. Um, about what we're doing, and even when it's not good, it, I mean, you know, you could be enthusiastic because you just know you're learning something from that. Or good on you. I think that's one of your keys, actually. Is I think that does does rub off onto me when I'm working with you. Is your enthusiasm? Yeah, mm. you definitely carry oh. that through. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, helps. so um, so you do particularly love styling interiors. But when it comes to, hun, like, I'm just going to go back to fashion for a little bit. Yeah, be please do. Because, like, lately there's been a lot of these really crazy outfits, like um, mm -hmm. where they're covering their faces and their arms and their hands and their legs completely, mm. completely in all black. Or we've had some singers wearing blow-up mm. blow outfits. But also, mm. also we can see some of that um, gender-neutral clothing like Harry Styles wears on stage, which I think sometimes he's still just like getting right, but it is mostly right. I'm, and what I mean is uh, for me, I, I, I think I can just sort of see it coming together and I think he's definitely on the right track, but I, I'm waiting for that little kick 
I don't know, to, mm. to kind of like really set in for him, but he wears a lot of gen, gender neutral stuff. Why are people wearing all these blow up outfits? Is it for attention? Is it to direct us to a particular brand? And we, that's so left of field, we investigate it. Look, I think, I think there's obviously definitely an element of just catching your attention and making it, you know, newsworthy. So they're just trying to grab people's attention any way they can yep. to bring focus onto them and all their outfits without a doubt. And of course, the most, the more outlandish or outrageous, that's what's going to, you know, bring your attention to it. I mean, it's like, it's sort of, you know, it's like, Back in the day when Liz Hurley wore that amazing um, Versace dress, I think it was, with the pins down the front. Yes. And she went and, you know, it became an iconic piece. Mm. So it's just, you just got to keep up in the ante, don't you? And make it more outrageous and more, you know, almost anti fashion. Got it. In a way. Yeah. But I think also there, there is an element also of the uh, designers getting involved and. It's a marketing. It's marketing campaign okay. at the end of the day. Yeah. Right. I mean, there will be brands going, let's put this out there on this artist to bring people to our brand. Okay. Oh, well, yeah. It works, clearly. Um, it works, Especially yeah. if you've got a Kardashian all in black. I mean, there's certain places you wouldn't wear that, but you can wear it certainly um, on a catwalk or at an opening evening or an awards night. Yeah. What about yeah. what about those some of the really flamboyant outfits that are on the catwalk? Are they after a newsworthy story or are they just showing off some of their abilities other than just doing the normal tailored I think so. look? Yeah, I think that those individual designers on the catwalk just have to showcase their creativity and their, you know, their the extent of their um, imagination, yeah, and there's something very, very beautiful about that part of it, where people can Agreed. explore that and show that, and 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 push those boundaries there. And of course, you know, people might say that it's not to be worn. I mean, of course, it's not to be worn every day, and of course, that's the whole point. You know, it's like um, Alexander McQueen. I went to his exhibition recently in Melbourne, and you know, some of his designs are just, you know, absolutely beautiful and outrageous and mesmerizing and outlandish you know like but wow what a creative talent and yeah. and what a medium to be able to express that in to him and those people really had something in them that he's just continuing to push the boundaries and they just got to get it out there oh it's, i mean they're just they're artists you know it's insane there's a there's an artist in based in melbourne do you know gavin brown um you don't have no, to you know no, the DJ. I only know Gavin Brown, the old DJ. This is Gavin. Gavin Brown is a, a is an artist, a, a mm. Melbourne-based artist, and he does some mm. extremely incredible real-life-looking oils, um, but dr mm. dripping in colour and effects and design. And then he will also go and make a jacket from that from pieces of his artwork. And oh, wow. tr transforms it into fashion, and I'm just like, mate, you're all over it. It's all just so beautiful and crazy, and uh, um, I understand it. And it's um, it's really different. It's expressive. 
it's colourful, mm. it's meaningful to the scene, the, the LGBTQI scene of Melbourne, plus I need to put sure. some of that. Yeah. So, so, so when he tells the story, I actually see friends' faces that I've known for like 30 years in some of his paintings and he's just oh, incredible. Wow. But to transform yeah, that yeah. into fashion is like that next level. It's like, oh. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, and, and isn't it great to see when artists are fully expressed like that? Yeah. You know, I mean, I feel like there's a little bit of bit of all of us, myself included, that has that artist artistry, you know, mm. um, you know, tamed down or, mm. you know, conformed to whatever industry you're in. Mm. Um, and and even though I can express it quite a bit on, on, on some of my shoes, mm. and that's great. Yes, you're just talking about someone that is actually – fully involved in their artistry and expressing it and then making it a viable business and making it something that they can actually, you know, be resourced from as well. And I mean that's 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 wonderful. I mean that's the key. You know, as a as a budding, you know, um, artist out there or a budding stylist or makeup artist or mm. any creative sort of endeavor, mm. the key is to be able to be resourced by it and feel like you're resourcing the world at the same time absolutely for sure and you do you have to bring in those elements i mean we most let's let's face it a lot of the the fashion started in europe like italy milan paris london and then new york but we live mm. on we live on this gigantic island a long long way <laughs> away from there how do you how do you get that stimulus is it because you're so you're so um lucrative in the way you do it lucrative is not quite the right word but fluid in the way you are mm. constantly doing it that you're mm. you're now in a rhythm or do you have to draw from some magazines from italy and paris and what how do you do yeah, it no, i certainly do draw from from magazines mm. and um i certainly will be um sort of guided or encouraged by other artists that are doing similar things mm -hmm. in my in my realm, designers, you know, or maybe architects, or um, you know, furniture makers. So of course there is an element of looking at what they're doing and being inspired by that, and you can see that in magazines, you can see it on the internet, yep. you can see it in people's homes. But you know, I mean, I'm definitely guided by um, what's going on in nature. It's a huge inspiration mm. for me. Yeah, like hugely. Like, I mean, you just have to look outside at any one time and look at the way there's about a million different greens all working together and splashes of yellow and a bit of purple and in the dirt or the rocks. You know, it's, it's magic. It's a never-ending source of mm. colour fusion and inspiration. And I think just the way, as I said before, I think I'm, I'm also very um, guided by individuals. How does it make you feel, whether it's clothing or the way you live in your home? And, um, I'm, you know, I, I also um, started out as, as an artist, Jules. I was accepted into the VCA when I left school. Right. And, but I didn't go and I sort of uh, almost regret. I mean, I still regret it, but I'd hate to say regret because it's in the past and that wasn't meant oh, to Oh, that's what I wanted as well, honey. So I hear you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think that creative thing in me, like the, the artist in me was mm -hmm. always there yeah. from, you know, forever and so I whenever I create things whether it's doing um, you know an advertising and fashion shoot 
like the one that we did last, mm. or if I'm in someone's home, I'm always looking at it from like an artistic point of view. I just see shapes and colours and lighting, and then mm. and then and then and then, and then a brief as well, like what I'm trying to create. Obviously, here, who's the character? What's the brand? You know, yeah. what am I, who am I creating this for? But I think my, my biggest inspiration just comes from I sort of step back and imagine it as a piece of art. Yeah. That's always – yeah. oh, no, it's mm. always best to do that. I, I, uh, when, when I was young, learning hair and makeup, at times I felt overwhelmed by the experience in a room. And uh-huh. the only, yeah. only way I could calm myself down was tell myself you – I was a painter and I still paint. Mm. And it's, mm. it's – I was just telling myself you're an artist, you paint. That's what you do and that's what this uh-huh. is. It's a live version of your canvas. Uh-huh. So just treat it as a piece of yes. art. Yes. And it helps that's so exactly much. exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And it makes your eye really see, like um, – Tune in. So mm. I, I, yeah, I do the same thing. So I'm, mine's more um, obviously you're painting people's faces, and it's a much more intricate, mm. detailed sort of version. But I'm like look, stepping back, looking at different aspects of the room or whatever. But mine's more like an installation, it's more <laughs> like an installation than it a painting. Is. Yep. But it's but it's the same kind of you know philosophy of looking at yep. it as a piece, as a whole piece. Is it all working together? Yeah. Um, yeah, and that yeah, I'm just saying that keeps on going, and it's actually the way um, that your eye can honestly determine what for me what looks good. Yeah, this works. I know when something works, it's cohesive. Yeah, because it, it, you can sit back and go, that that the composition is right, the composition is there. What do you what do you do when someone tell when someone tells you no that doesn't work for them? <laughs> <laughs> so that of course that does happen, and I'm yeah. I'm absolutely fine with that on set because yeah. if it's me doing it for a magazine with a photographer, then we'll do our thing. Yeah. But if it's me working for a client, whether it's a linen company or you know a car company or whatever it might be. Yeah. I'm then very respectful of, of what they see, mm. their vision, or if I'm working, you know, in collaboration with an art director, which is often the case on these jobs, yeah. that's their vision. So I'm bringing their vision to life. Yes. So I'm fine. I'm absolutely fine with that. And I mean, and I'm and I'm actually fine with it, even if I'm I'm the I'm the creative on it, and I'm the one meant to be leading it. As long as that person has a good eye. The only time I'll say to someone, I don't agree, is if they don't actually, I don't believe that they've got creative eye mm. they're, they're, they're seeing it well often people will see things and i wouldn't necessarily do it that way but i go oh that works i can see how that would work for you on this you know yeah. that's still a good idea but mm. um and yeah some, and some sometimes it comes down to a vote on set <laughs> <laughs> okay we can't work this out who agrees and who disagrees it yeah. does. Actually, that yeah. happened to me recently. You're yeah. quite right. There was yeah. like four people all having their say and I was like, right, I'm just going to step back. It's just, you know, it's just right. exhausting moving yeah. things around. Yeah. yeah. And then it's like, okay, who's running? Who's pulling rank here on this job? Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, okay, fine, let's just do it that way. Yeah. Uh, look, and, th- and that is a real key to me. That's a huge key to be a successful artist is to be able to let go of your ego sometimes because it's not about you leaving your stamp there. It's about us leaving a stamp there mm. for the client. Yes. 
Exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. And and there's no place for egos in there. It's just um, it's a creative collaboration. So oh, but there's good. there's always one. There's always one ego. <laughs> um, now, so what about? I'm just going to go to clothing in in, in particular. So, mm. when dressing on catwalk, and I know you don't, mm-hmm. I don't. Did you dress much on catwalks, or were you mainly the model on catwalks? So I did a lot of catwalk modeling, like yes. years and years and years of it, and Tons. I, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I have done a couple of jobs where I've been dressing for catwalk. Okay. But my sort of, it sort of quickly digressed. I went from, you know, as I said earlier, I went from modeling to styling. Yeah. And that styling entailed both fashion and interiors. Yeah. So I did a tiny bit of that, to, but to be honest, it was just quickly sort of progressed into more mm. um, lifestyle and interiors. Yeah. But the small bit I have done for catwalk, um, you know, if, I mean, I know, what was your question anyway? Oh, no, that's okay. No, no, I was like, so the difference between dressing catwalk and then when, because like I, I, remember, mm-hmm. I remember when I first was doing makeup, I, I was trained to use so many colours and do so many textures and use this and use that. So as many products as possible. But when it came to mm-hmm. crunch time on the huge jobs that were well-paying jobs, I, ac- mm. I actually had to remove about 80% of my detail to get mm. to get the the model on set on time looking the way the client mm. wants. So I guess less yeah. pro- less processing of the of the model of the um of the set, less processing so we could see more of what the client wanted. So do you find that do you struggle with that sometimes that you, that you have to keep it so basic to satisfy the mm. client? How do you do that? Because it's a real skill. A lot of people get stuck on that and they become, um, they push back. Ah, uh, yeah. Look, I, so again, I just, I just, I'm very comfortable going, okay, that's the parameters now and we'll just make that look its best. Okay, got simple. it. Yep. You know, yeah. So I'm just like, okay, that, that's what you want. That's the parameters. So we're not doing that part, not doing that aspect. We're just wearing that simple dress. Great, done. You know, make it look its best, and off we go. You know, if we're taking away, if, if in in the fashion sense, if we're taking away scarves or jackets or extra shoes or jewelry or layers that we were initially contemplating, and that's the same for you for the makeup, and they want to pair it all back, or you just haven't got the time to get it out there and 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 get it on the catwalk on time. Well, so be it. It's just a paired back version. Yeah, I just have no, um, I have no issue in in doing that as long as it still looks good. Okay, great. Well done. Yeah, no, because it is. A, I think it is a real skill not to have that argument in your head with yourself. I see a lot of artists say yeah, yeah to the client, mm. and they still do their hundred extra tasks on their model, and I'm like, oh man, just so you could do so quicker. And get them out there, and just yeah. not have to work yeah, yeah. so hard. <laughs> yeah. You're making it harder yeah. on yourself. But anyway, no, I think yeah. I, th- and, yeah. I think I see you do that with ease and grace. That transition when you're communicating with producers and directors, I see you doing yeah. it. It's, it's yeah, it's, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and it, it's, yeah, it's, it's a key to success. I think it's one of them, absolutely, George, mm. because it's just like you—you you can't. Um, because you know your your vision, you know your push towards what's perfect, mm. um, 
isn't always what works out. I mean, there are such things as like, you know, um, accidents or mistakes that work out for the better. I mean, just got to be guided by what you've got going on at the time and yeah. not get too caught up on it because sometimes it's, it actually works out better than you thought or Correct. it's actually meant to be, you know, that way. Or um, that, and they keep asking you back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that's the thing too. You can't be having, you know, arguments no. and going against people. No. I mean, not not in this industry, not in this, this sort of fairly small industry, you know, mm. if you want to just sort of keep working. We just got to um, have that balance, getting the job done and having that, that, that creative input and all working together. And at the end of the day, you know, as long as it, it looks good, it'll work. If you can make, you can definitely just make that work. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. Hey. Yeah, I'm all for just chilling out good on you and hey also this is something that i test myself in sometimes because you know people some people can have a real power play here and mm. i'm and i make sure that i don't um so to set myself a challenge when i book an assistant or two mm. or three mm-hmm. I, oh, mm-hmm. I, I i i can often pick somebody that's actually more experienced than me is better at wig making than than me, is better at mm-hmm. special effects than me, is better at tattooing than me, is, you know, and I, I do all that um, uh, day wear really well. So that's most shoots, yeah, that you and I do, is that mm-hmm. natural yeah. look. So when, like the last job you and I did together, I pulled in two women that actually trained me when I was a junior and had them as mm-hmm. my assistants to kind of like... You know, I know they're looking at my work and sometimes going, geez, really? <laughs> you know, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, come on, we're in a hurry. And, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> but I get really excited about being able to give back to these people. But I also like bringing in some young people that are learning sometimes that have that are fully qualified and can take on the job if I'm not in the room. Um, mm-hmm. what, what about yourself? Assistants, to me, they're like gold. You? Absolutely. No, absolutely. And I've had some amazing assistants and when I've got an amazing one, I like to hang on to them. Yeah. And yeah, a lot of my assistants have gone on to be like super successful, which is very in, in, in either fashion or interiors or design yeah. um, in their own right. So that's always very exciting. Um, I look, I, I look for great, great assistants. I like someone that can um, really, you know, think, on their feet, I like someone that is constantly kind of moving things in and out of for me because my job is quite physical, you know, um, on set there's a lot of running around when it's back and forth to the wardrobe or back and forth with props, there's a lot of of unpacking and repacking, so much work, a stylist, you know, um, anyone listening out there that wants to stylist, a lot of physical work, it's a lot of packing up. You do have to be just a fit and and up to the job and just, yeah, be – be really, um, be really attentive, and so yeah, a good assistant to me is absolutely invaluable. And um, I, you know, I just, uh, I think it's a good way to learn. Um, I have um, done what you've just said too. I assisted someone once that was. Um, so I didn't start off as an assistant because when I started, which is really interesting, there I just kind of got thrown into jobs. Yeah. 
straight away. Yeah. I just worked out that way, you know, and Same. then just sort of learnt quickly on my feet. Yeah. yeah. It was just that era, mm-hmm. and every era is, is slightly different. And that's yeah. just what was. But, but now I would totally advise people to start off um, assisting. Yeah. Because what great, what a great, I mean, what a great way to learn to with mm-hmm. different. I, I've always thought that I would love to have worked with that as a stylist and that stylist uh, just to see how they do things. Yeah. Um, so I think, um, yeah, look, anyway, yeah, assistants are absolutely invaluable and I have no problem getting an assistant that's experienced or inexperienced as long as on the job they're just very attentive and yeah. and, um, and not on their phone. Definitely not on their phone. <laughs> Definitely not on their phone. Oh, my yeah. God, I did have one of them once. Oh, wow, that didn't go down so well. Oh, look, yeah. I don't mind two minutes on your phone if you have to quickly organise no. something. But but yeah, all, yeah, yeah, all day scrolling, I'm like, get off your phone. Stop organising yeah, yeah. a wedding in every single break. Don't organise <laughs> your wedding at work. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so funny, honey. You know what? Like, we've done really well. We've had such a great conversation about styling and modelling and interior design and expressing ourselves. And I think probably the most exciting thing that I heard you say was getting excited about your space. I gotta try that. I gotta try that one. I mean, I've been excited before, but that's a really great incentive. Um, is there a, is, is there anything that you want to share that you don't think we really covered, or did you feel we did um, really well? I feel like we've covered um, a lot of things. I feel like well, it was really good. Well, okay. You know, I'm really, I'm really happy. If you're, if you're happy with what we've discussed there, I'm really happy because you know, if, at the end of the day, this is. I feel like this is your format. This is your world, Jules. Yeah. And I'm just always very, um, you know, I'm very humble that you even wanted to interview me. Oh, thank and you. And I'm, you know, I just think that you're, you're holding a really great space here for people to talk and say their thing and you never know who's listening and you never know who wants to learn about this and that. Hey, and you just hope that you've helped someone along the way. Um but really, I think um, I think it is just this thing about you know really creating. Um, for me, I guess the, the most the thing I've got going on at the moment is the space thing, and yeah, really creating spaces that you can you know get get innovative, get 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 kind of you know as you say excited, mm. and you know everything that you do, like the smell, the taste, the touch, the sound, the feel of your home is an opportunity to nourish you. Yep. And to make you feel enlivened about life and, you know, just um, – and also the way you dress and also the way you look after yourself, you know. Mm. Just, um, just sure. have a little bit more fun with things out there. For get, sure. And then they get excited. For sure. And um, just going back on what you said, thank you for um, talking about this space. It's really important. I look. I'm not just willy willy nilly ringing guests out of the blue. I'm actually selecting people, as I said to one of my earlier guests, journalist Glenn Williams. Um, I said to him, the most important thing for me is really getting these beautiful souls, my friends, and or work colleagues, and getting their moment in digital world because some of you have the most beautiful ways of expressing yourselves and working and dealing with people and, you know, really difficult tasks and really easy tasks. And just the way you are as people, I really wanted to get you on as a guest and share that with everybody today. 
Oh, that's really gorgeous, Jules. Yeah. And I mean, you are one of those people as well. And I think most of the, the time, fact that you're doing, <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you're doing this is just a real testament to your character. Oh. You know, you're actually trying to bring just people's stories to life and yeah. do it in your way. And you know, it takes it takes some courage to get out there and ask the people, find the people, sit down, take an hour out of your day, write write some questions out, think about what you want people to say and what you're trying to, you know, convey to the world. And um, I just want to say thank you for that because, you know, people just get very stuck in their their thing and you're just trying to, like, do something that's providing a service in some ways for people. Oh, for sure. And and, beautiful. And the thing too is, like, of course I'm getting celebrities on and actors on and hosts on and radio chat show hosts will be coming on, but also I really want to bring in these crew members because it's such a substantial part of, of storytelling professionally. You can't do it without mm. without really one. If one of us falls over, it's pretty hard to fill their gap in that day. You have to ring in a specialist to get them to fulfil mm. that role. So, you know, there's some very special crew and I... I I wanted to share with the audience that it's so blind when you watch something, you have no idea what's gone into it. And this is an opportunity to share some of the best of the best. Darling, yeah. so speaking yeah. spe- right. speaking of some of the best of the best, how do people get in touch with you? Uh, so I have a website, rachelvigor.com. So people can contact me through that. I guess that's the easiest way. I've got my email there. I've got um, a contact number there. They can also see some of my work there. So, you know, if they feel that I might be a good fit for any projects that they're doing, whether it's, you know, in the advertising space, editorial space or private home space, then I'm more than willing to um, and very excited to to be involved in any of that. Bring it on and I hope they book both of us together. (laughs) I hope so too. The more, yeah, the more. The more, um, the better more work I can do with you, the better. Yeah. All right, gorgeous. Well, thank you so much for your time today. And I hope there's people out there that have got really stimulated about their living space hearing you. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, George. No worries. We'll speak soon. Thanks, audience. Goodbye. We've been listening to to Rachel Vigor, stylist to the stars and stylist to homes and sets galore. So thank you, Rachel. Much love. Speak soon. See you all next week. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.